It's October 25th, 2022, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Grant Haver. And I'm Chris Cotnor. Our top stories from international outlets this morning. Rishi Sunak is the new Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. Canada's Mail and Globe reports that Mr. Sunak may look like a pair of steady hands after the chaos caused by mistrust, but it's far from clear how he will govern or how he will tackle the huge challenges facing Britain, from soaring gas prices to weak productivity and sluggish economic growth. He is hard to pin down ideologically as he has professed to being a Margaret Thatcher Tory and a believer in free enterprise, but he oversaw huge increases in government spending as chancellor and put Britain on course for the highest tax burden in 50 years. Mr. Sunak also campaigned for Britain to leave the EU, but he has not aligned himself with the Brexit wing of the Tory party. Mr. Sunak's first challenges will be delivering a physical statement next week and fending off calls for an election. Political Europe is reporting that the European Central Bank is set to deliver another giant interest rate hike Thursday to tame record inflation, shrugging off political pressure to tread more carefully as the Eurozone succumbs to recession. ECB President Christine Lagarde may also offer some news on plans to unwind the central bank's balance sheet, which has ballooned to 8.8 trillion euros from 2 trillion euros in 2010 as the ECB fought successive crises. Since the September policy meeting, when the ECB raised rates by 75 basis points, headline inflation came in stronger than expected to hit a record of 9.9%. At the same time, There were fresh signs that inflation expectations were moving higher, adding to risks of a wage price spiral. For six months, homes in Ukraine's southern coastal city of Mykolaiv have been without clean drinking water. Military and UN experts have told a BBC investigation they believe Russian forces deliberately cut off the water supply last April. Satellite imagery and data suggest the pipeline to the city was deliberately destroyed while under Russian control. Destroying resources vital for civilian life is widely regarded as a violation of international humanitarian law. But in recent weeks, Russia has further targeted Ukraine's power and water infrastructure, prompting shortages across the country. Authorities in Mykolaiv say the area close to the pipeline needs to be safe from Russian artillery strikes and demined before the engineers can fix the damaged sections. It's not clear when that might happen and when the city's residents will get clean, running water in their homes again. Ukraine has fallen out of the news for the most part here in the U.S. as the war grinds on. However, the reality is that even if Russia laid down its arms today, the effects of this war on infrastructure and the people of Ukraine will last for years to come. We must plan for a post-war Ukraine now or risk a destroyed and destitute Ukraine for generations to come. 
Elsewhere, President Joe Biden has signed an executive order targeting Nicaragua's gold industry as the United States aimed to punish Nicaraguan President Daniel Ortega over a crackdown on dissent and curbs to democratic institutions, according to reporting by Al Jazeera. Biden's executive order gives the U.S. Treasury Department the authority to target certain persons that operate or have operated in the gold sector of the Nicaraguan economy. It also allows Washington to bar new U.S. investments in Nicaraguan economic sectors, imports of certain products from the Central American nation, and exports by U.S. citizens of certain items to Nicaragua, among other potential measures. The Treasury also sanctioned Nicaragua's Mining Authority, the General Directorate of Mines, and a Nicaraguan government official and close confidant of Ortega. According to Deutsche Welle, Myanmar's military has been accused of carrying out airstrikes against a rebel ethnic group late Sunday, with media and opposition groups reporting at least 80 dead by Monday. State television made no mention of the attack on Monday, but the military regime's information office said in a statement that there was an attack at the headquarters of the Kachin Independence Army's 9th Brigade. The government said it was a necessary operation in response to terrorist attacks carried out by the Kachin ethnic rebel group. Those killed included civilians, local musicians, and officers of the Kachin Independence Organization. The strikes took place during a concert Sunday evening during the first of three-day celebrations to mark the Kachin Independence Organization's founding. French newspaper Le Monde reports that French Prime Minister Elizabeth Bourne's government has not fallen. Neither of the two motions of no confidence tabled by the left-wing NUPES coalition, nor the one introduced by the far-right reassemblement National Party, achieved an absolute majority, which was 289 votes. These no-confidence motions followed last week's two instances of Article 49.3 procedure, which allows the government to force legislation through Parliament without a vote. On Wednesday and Thursday of the first part of the 2023 state budget and part of the Social Security budget. While the failure of these motions was predictable, the president of the RN parliamentary group Marine Le Pen stunned the chamber during her speech by announcing the support of the 89 far-right MPs for the no-confidence motion introduced by the 151 NUPES MPs. The RN leader justified her choice by citing national interest in the acceptable terms in the motion tabled by the left under the disbelieving gaze of the NUPES MPs. Kenya's national news outlet, The Nation, reports that fresh clashes between the army and M23 rebels have erupted in the eastern region of the Democratic Republic of Congo, with at least four civilians killed and dozens more wounded in the fighting. A mostly Congolese Tutsi group, M23 resumed fighting in late 2021 after lying dormant for years. It has since captured swaths of territory in the Central African country's northern Kivu province, including the strategic town of Bunagana, 
on the Ugandan border in June. The resurgence of the group has destabilized regional relations in Central Africa, with the Democratic Republic of Congo accusing its smaller neighbor Rwanda of backing the militia. In lighter news, holy cow, the UPI reports that authorities in Kentucky said one bovine remains on the loose after a herd of 11 escaped cows were spotted wandering a golf course. The Louisville Metro Police Department said the 11 cows were found running loose on the Cherokee Park golf course and the surrounding area Friday, and all but four of the bovines were quickly rounded up. Three more cattle were rounded up Saturday with the help of a volunteer cowboy. One of the captures was chronicled in a Facebook Live video by witness Tara Bassett. The remaining cow was caught on camera in another area, but fled before it could be captured. We have to move on because that's all the news we have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at podcasts at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief and bonus weekend briefs. Last weekend, I spoke with James Elder, spokesperson for UNICEF, about the drought in Somalia. If you aren't a member, go to thedsrnetwork.com and become a member to make sure you never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion of these issues, be sure to follow the links in the show notes to read our sources and tune into our sister podcasts on the DSR Network. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief. <laughs> <laughs>